0: Welcome to Gateway's podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Don Brock. For more information about Gateway, please visit www.gatewaybc.com. Well, it's great seeing you today. And uh, as we come together and we celebrate together, this last two weeks have been a whirlwind um, <clears throat> Uh, Ronald Flynn and I were out of the country for seven days in in the Middle East, and we were in a Muslim country that is actually very open to uh, Christians and what we do there. I've had many meetings with um, the government officials who oversee all the religion in the country, and we had a meeting this past time with the guy who's going to be the new director of that but he's also a military general, and uh, we had some great conversations together. Um, I was able to share with him some of the things that uh, the church, that Gateway helps support, uh, some of the things that they have done, like the uh, over 1,200 families that they helped during a war that they were having in that country, and then 1,600 kids who lost uh, apparent in the war that we were able to help. And, uh, and then something that they learned from Gateway, they had a special needs big celebration event with over 300 special needs individual. And as uh, so I was talking to the general, he made a statement. He said, you know, we actually have many Christians in our military and many lost their lives in that war. And, and so they've been so impressed with the fact that here the the Christian church is stepping up and doing things that really all the, you know, all the different religious faiths ought to be doing. So that's, that was just a huge witness to them. And you get to be a part of that. And so I'm thankful for your support. Thank you for letting Ronald and I go. We get to do a lot of teaching, training um, men and women who are now working in churches, establishing churches. Uh, We got to speak in a couple of churches, these are all home churches, and, and it's just such a privilege to do that. And, and it's, it's so neat to, to talk to these individuals and just to be with them and uh, interact with them and build. In fact, probably this uh, fall, we'll have a couple of these pastors here in our church. Uh, who will be coming to be a part of a conference that we're going to have. And and so you'll get some of them you've already met. You'll get to meet some others. So I'm looking forward to that. And so I'm very thankful that we get to do this together as a church. And you allow this to happen. And uh, you, you get to, you are a part of this. Um, <clears throat> this was a challenging time, though, the day before I left, Uh, We had the home-going service of Mary's mother. Uh, We were able to celebrate her life, and that was just a wonderful celebration. But then, while I was gone, not unexpected, my mom's husband passed away. So I did his service uh, the day after I got back. And uh, so, again, that was a celebration and enjoyed being a part of that. And being able to just to celebrate a life that was well lived, and uh, then to really top it off, uh, while Mary was gone taking care of her mom's things, um, <clears throat> our dog sitter Mary was about to come home. Our dog sitter who takes our dogs home with her, uh, she came to the uh, our home to uh, bring the dogs back. She opened up the front door and water started coming out the front door. So uh, while we were well, Mary and her. Uh, sister had been there dropping off some things, you know cleaning out her mom 's things and and they were watering plants and a plant got put in the sink and and the faucet didn 't turn off the way they thought it was turned off and um, so it, it ran for a couple of days and watered every plant in the house and the floor and Furniture, so uh, <laughs> everything's well watered, <laughs> but uh, God's been gracious. You know, we we just take it and we just move along with it, and uh, I just appreciate Mary dealing with all that while I was gone. But uh, thank you for your prayers. Thank you for what you're doing, and to make a difference in your prayers in your financial support, in your emotional support. And Ronald and I do appreciate you praying for us while we were gone. Um, Today, with it being Valentine's tomorrow, I thought we would just take a moment and we would talk about how to rekindle your romance so that your marriage is more of a sizzle rather than a fizzle which that happens quite often. You know, you've heard it before. We've talked many times before about the five love languages written in a book by Gary Chapman, Uh, words of affirmation, uh, acts of service, gifts, physical touch, and time together. So today I want to talk about, and I want to go to what you might think is a strange place to go to talk about romance, but the principles are still the same. In Revelation chapter two, Jesus is talking to the church of Ephesus. And I think the principle that he shares here applies to our marriage. And the Bible frequently uses marriage to illustrate our relationship with Holy God by being the bride of Christ. So the principles are still the same, I believe. So I think it's okay, appropriate for us to Learn from this and apply it to multiple relationships. So if you're married, this message is for you. If you're not married, this message is for you. If you're still single thinking about getting married, this message is for you. If you're a young person and hopefully one day you'll get married, this message is for you. So you, let's l- go through God's word together. Let's learn from this. In Revelation 2, chapter, uh, chapter 2, verse 4. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me. Some translations say you've you've left your first love. He says you don't love me or each other as you did at first. You've stopped loving me like you used to. Doesn't that sound like a lot of marriages? Uh, You've stopped loving each other as you used to. In fact, look at how far you have fallen. You you were way up here in your love and your commitment to me and to each other and now you're just, it's like you've forgotten all that. Turn back to me, which that's repentance when you turn away from doing what's wrong and turn to doing what's right. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. So it's like, go back to the very beginning and remember how you did things and rekindle that love and that commitment. So, so turn away from the direction you're going because you're not going in a good direction. Come back to where you need to be. And so obviously we do that in our relationship with Christ if we have gotten away from Christ, but we also do that in our marriage and also in our friendships, So, you know, relationships just have a nasty habit of deteriorating over time. I mean, you start with romance, you know, you you only see the best in each other and they can do no wrong and you love them and they love you and you don't pay much attention to the flaws and then you get married and all of a sudden the flaws are very evident. So you go from romance to reality, and when reality hits, sometimes you want to go, wow, what did I sign up for? And then your marriage goes from reality to usually a rut. So predictable. Every day is exactly the same. And there's, there's no excitement. There's no joy. It's just routine. So you go from romance to reality, to a rut, and then you eventually get to resentment. You actually start resenting each other. It's kind of like, wow, you, you've robbed me of my best years. You, you have robbed me of joy. You, you have, And it's usually you have done this to me. And then at some point, you just have regret. I don't know why I thought this would work. And you just regret the relationship. Um, and I want to tell you, the invention of Facebook has caused this to accelerate. Because you go back and you look up at the old boyfriends and the old girlfriends, and you start thinking, what if? Well, I can predict that one for you. It would have been romantic. And then there would have been a reality, and then there'd be a rut, and then there'd be a resentment, and then there'd be a regret, and you'd be back on Facebook looking at the girl that you did wind up marrying, but you know, I mean, you know what I'm saying? So Jesus is saying, I want you to remember how it used to be. I want you to repent of where you are, and I want you to return back to where you should be. In Philippians 2, 2, it says, then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. So that's true in church, but how much more so is that true in marriage? I want to tell you the friendships that really click are the ones where you have one mind and one purpose. You think, uh, you, you share common goals, you share common loves, um, you share, share a common faith. You know, men, guys, we're, we're just kind of goal-oriented we we set out goals and then we achieve those goals and then we move on. It's kind of like okay, I'm going to get married and, and, and you chase after the person and you get them to agree to marry you. You get married, say okay, accomplished, mission accomplished, and you think that's it. Man, you're just starting. But guys, that's just the way we are. We're kind of like hunters, you know. That's why you don't like going shopping with your wife. You know, you you know what you want to buy and you just run to where it is and you get it and you say, okay, I got what I want. Let's go. And, and that's not how she does it all. Thank God for Amazon. And because uh, it used to be, you had to go to the mall and you'd start in one store and make a big loop all the way around the mall, only for them to buy the original thing in the original store that you first started out in. But it's the adventure. So let's talk about five things about how to rekindle your romance. Number one, give attention to the relationship. That's intellectual intimacy. Give attention to the relationship. Let me read that other verse again, Philippians 2. 2. Let's read that one more time. Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Intellectual intimacy. You have to give attention to that. And in fact, two verses later, it says, "Don't look out only for your own interests, which it's OK to do that. It says, "Don't only do that. You know Yes, you do to look out for your interests, but take an interest in others too. Talk to them about what they want to talk about. Listen, if you're always the topic of conversation in the conversation, it is a boring conversation. Learn to ask great questions, learn to listen. Care about what they're interested in, care about what your spouse is interested in. I mean, I I want to tell you, my, my wife is a reader, she'll read two or three books a week. But she reads every kind of book you can imagine. She'll, she'll read biographies. She'll read history books. She'll read medical books. I mean, she read a book on Surgery the other day. Can you imagine? And uh, it kind of made me wonder, what is she up to? Um, and, and she's just fascinated by this stuff. And, you know, the, we, she, she'll usually come in and say, hey, let me tell you what I learned. And we just have great conversations because I learned vicariously through her. You know, it's kind of the way it was when, in college. When we first got married, uh, you know, we were still in college. And we decided to take a course together in literature. I was still, I was working full time at church. And I just, I didn't have a lot of time to read a bunch of books. So we had an agreement. As we walked to class to take the exam, she tells me what I need to know about the book that we were supposed to read. She always made A's and I always made B's. And I was fine with that. Have intellectual intimacy. Give attention to each other. Have great conversations. Just talk to each other. Turn stuff off. Put stuff down and talk to each other. Number two, give affirmation to the relationship. That's emotional intimacy. 1 Thessalonians five eleven. So encourage each other. Build each other up, just as you're already doing. Listen, you should be doing that anyway, but in case you forgot, encourage each other. Build each other up. Affirm each other. Affirm each other. Don't take each other for granted. When you see your spouse doing stuff that you kind of take for granted, just stop and say, you know what? It's so easy to overlook the stuff you do. That You do all this stuff behind the scenes. You do all these little things. And I just want you to know I appreciate it. And if I don't say thank you enough, that's my That's my fault. Thank you that you really do work hard to make the house look good. Thank you that you work hard to prepare great meals for us. Thank you that you work hard at parenting our kids or our grandkids. My, my Mary is an amazing grandparent, and she was an amazing parent. And my kids want to be just like her. Affirm the relationship by building each other up. Verbalize your love every day. And do this with your friends. I mean, call a friend up and say, hey, I was thinking about you. I just want you to know how important you are to me. Now, if that doesn't make your friend feel good, I, I bet it will. Affirm each other. Romans 12.10 says, love each other with genuine, genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. Did you catch that? Really see it as a privilege that you get to honor your friends, your spouse. Take delight in that, that you get to brag on them. Take delight that you give affection to them. Genuine affection. Some, some spouses always carry great sadness on their face. A lot of times that's because they're not affirmed in the very place they ought to be affirmed, at home first. Affirm your friends. Take delight in your friends. Don't take your friends for granted. Number 3. Give affection to the relationship. And I'm talking about non-sexual intimacy. Just learn to give affection to the relationship that that makes a difference. Ephesians 5 verse 18 and 19. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Now that is a guarantee in scripture. If you're drunk with alcohol, it's going to ruin your life, plain and simple. But he gives you an alternative. It says, instead, be filled or be drunk, controlled by the Holy Spirit. I mean, wouldn't you rather have the Holy Spirit of God controlling you rather than alcohol controlling you? Because... Not many good decisions come out of a drunken person's stupor. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then when you do that, you're singing psalms together, hymns together, spiritual songs among yourselves. You're making music to the Lord in your hearts. I mean, there is something that's exciting about the relationship. There's a, an affection in the relationship. There's this non-sexual intimacy in the relationship. I want to tell you that that's something that's such a joy to do at church is to sing together, to worship together. How much more so would that be with your friends or with your spouse? Again, if if you're not married, but like to be married, you need to really be paying attention because this is the kind of person you need to be looking for that practices these things. Ephesians 5, 28, it says, in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. I want to tell you, I really believe this. The reason why a lot of guys struggle in their marriage and struggle in friendships is they don't love themselves. They don't know how. They have such a poor self-esteem. And um, it is a tragic mistake to think if I marry this person, They will help me to feel good about myself. That's not how it works. You're asking your spouse to do something that only Jesus can do. Jesus is the one who gives you meaning and purpose in life. Jesus is the one who makes you feel good about yourself because of his great love for you. Jesus, that's where you find purpose and meaning in life. But if you're looking for it in friendships, you run through your friendships. If you look for it in your marriage, you're going to be sorely disappointed. And I really believe, guys, a lot of you struggle in your marriages simply because you don't like yourself. And you need to work on that one. And my guess is, it's been that way a long time, and you need help. You need help with that one. And we would love to help you. Our men's ministry is full of broken men who Jesus has pieced back their lives. And they would love to help you. We have counselors that would love to help you. So don't sit and suffer in an isolated way on this one. If you want to have true, meaningful friendships, you got to figure out who you are in Jesus. And that's how you can truly love yourself. In fact, what did Jesus say? Love others as you love yourself. I think many of you are missing it just just in this one area alone. All marriages, all relationships need a large amount of non-sexual affection. Number four, give time for adventures. That's recreational intimacy. You know, one of the major contributions to marital affairs is just plain old boredom. You haven't found stuff that you like doing together. I mean, make it your mission that you find some things that you can have mutual enjoyment in. And uh, find some things that you lo- I mean, work at it. Find some stuff that y'all can enjoy to. Do. Maybe it's something that neither one of you have ever tried. So try new things, and you might find something that you both actually love. In fact, one of the basic needs of a man is to have a, re- a recreational partner. And he usually finds that with his buddies. Well, let me challenge you to find your spouse in some recreational partnership. And as you learn to share in those adventures together, maybe it's to travel. Maybe it's to go experience new things and see exciting things. Whatever it is, it, it doesn't matter. It, the point is, it's something you enjoy doing together. And if one of you simply tolerates it, then you haven't found it yet. So the way you do that is you talk about it. You learn to be honest with each other. If you think your job is just to be quiet and not tell your spouse, you know, I really hate it when we do this, uh, you're missing the whole point because after a while you resent it. And they pick up on it. So learn to talk about it and say, hey, let's find something we both can really enjoy. So give time for adventures. Ecclesiastes 9.9, 9, live happily with the woman you love. Through all the meaningless days that the Lord has given you under the sun, the wife God gives you is your reward for all of your earthly toil. Uh, Now, you can take it that this is saying that life is meaningless, and I don't think that's what this is saying. I think this is more of a comparative type statement. The way I read this, now I might be wrong about this, but the way I choose to read this is I want to live happily with my wife that by comparison, everything else kind of seems meaningless. Not that it is meaningless, but by comparison. I want my love for my wife to be so amazing that by comparison, nothing else seems like love, even though I love my friends. I love our church. I love my family. But I want my love for my wife to be so astounding that by comparison, Nothing else seems to matter. So live happily, men, with the woman that God has given you to love. Now, if you think, I'm talking about this recreational, if you think fun is what you do when your work is done, you'll never have fun. There's always going to be work to, to be done. I think you have to plan it. It needs to be on your calendar. It needs to be set on your calendar. I remember when I first started in ministry um, i it was easy just to you know put on i put everything on my calendar and and, and um and so when somebody calls and they have what they think is an emergency or something, and I'd listen to what they say, and I'd say, well, it's not really an emergency. But, you know, when I would say, well, you know, uh, I'm going out to eat with my wife, I could hear it in their voice that their, their opinion was, you know, that's secondary right now. You, you can go to w- out to eat with your wife anytime you want to. So I smartened up, and I learned to just say, hey, you know what, I already got something on my calendar. I mean, I'm going to protect it. I'm going to protect my time with my wife and with my family. And so, I would just start saying, "Hey, I, yeah, I've already got something on the schedule. I can't do it then, but I can do it at this point. I, I can meet with you at this point, but not at, at this time because I've already got something scheduled. So I make it a priority. You need to you need to schedule." Your recreational time with your spouse and let nothing interfere with it. Of course, yeah, there are legitimate emergencies, but usually not too often. And then you can enjoy being with each other. The last one give a resolve to be in accord. Now, let me explain what that means. That is spiritual intimacy. 1 John 1, 7. But if we are living in the light, the light of Jesus, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship. Some translations actually add the word wonderful. We have wonderful fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So... I love experiencing my life in Christ with my friends. But even more so, I want to experience that with my wife. So I need to resolve that I'm going to be in spiritual intimacy with my wife. Learn to pray together. Learn to share scripture with each other. Talk about what God's teaching you. Talk about what God's working on in your life. Talk about your struggles so that you can encourage each other and help each other. God believes in romance. I mean, he created it. In fact, he, he dedicated an entire book in the Bible to it called the Songs of Solomon. I mean, the whole purpose of the book was the beauty of romance and love. I thought it would really be cool on my honeymoon that I would read parts of Songs of Solomon to my wife. and She just started laughing. It just didn't quite work. Not the way I had fantasized about it. I said, oh, this would be so romantic. Not so much. And um, (laughs) I better stop. You know, I think, I mean, the reality is, let's face it, some marriages just don't make it. And that's sad. And it breaks God's heart. And there are many of you in here, that's true of your life. And that's sad. But there's hope, there's renewal, there can be a new love. And I pray, I pray that you will find the intimacy, the joy of marriage that God intended for you to have, that God longs for you to have. And if you're in a dating relationship, then build that relationship based on these principles. And if you are not in a dating relationship and, and you're, maybe you're just a teenager and you're thinking about the future and thinking about a future spouse, then make a commitment that this is the kind of person you want to marry, and this is the kind of person you want to be. And even commit to saying, God, I want what you want for me. I want who you want for me. So I, I want to have... Um, just a special prayer time. Before the men come to take up the offering, I want us to have a special prayer time. And um, I wanna pray for the marriages. I wanna pray for our singles. I wanna pray for those of you who are dating. So uh, here's how I wanna do it. You you can stay right where you are, or you may wanna come and just kneel at the front, sit on the front row. If as a single person, if you really want to commit to God's plan for your life, you want who God w- wants for you, and you want to start building these, these principles in your life and begin to practice these principles with your friendships, then I invite you to come and just say, God, I'm committed to your plan for my life. And if you want, if you want to encourage your spouse and pray together and pray over your spouse then you come and let's have that prayer time together. So as the band comes out and as we just take this moment very sacred, and those of you who are at home, uh, you can do this right at home, right where you are. Uh, You can pray right where you are for these very things that we're praying for now. So if everybody would just close your eyes and you focus on what God has for you and Those of you who are married, and you want me to pray over you here at the front, you just slip on out, come on down to the front. And uh, if you're single, dating, you just come together, come by yourself. Whatever it is, you slip out and you come right now. And let me pray for you. Let's pray.